Conference of Champions rolls on. No truck stops here. We are the Pac-12. We are the best of the best. Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast. I'm Carlos. Here with me, just with me, is Greg. Hey. Uh, follow us on Twitter at ins- and Twitter and Instagram at No Truck Stops Pod, um, and email us with your questions at No Truck Stops Podcast at Gmail Bonus, uh, bonus conversation here about the UCLA Arizona game. It literally just finished uh, about 20 minutes ago. Uh, UCLA blew out Arizona 75 to 59 at home. They go to 14 and two, uh, and now first in the in the Pac-12, take first place. Arizona they drop to 14 and two, six and one, six and two in the Pac-12. Uh, four, yeah, they won. Yeah, I'm just looking at this right. Sorry. Uh, yeah, 14 and two, six and one in the Pac-12. Uh, a lot to digest from this game. Uh, this was this was not. This was close for about ten minutes, and then uh, UCLA pulled away. What did you? Uh, wh- what did you see out there? Why? Why do you think UCLA won as big as they did? Were you shocked? I was shocked. Um, I expected UCLA to win. Like I said, it. Yeah, we talked when we about recorded that yesterday. Uh, thought UCLA was just gonna have too much depth for Arizona, and they did. But that's not why they won. They won because well, Arizona played their worst game of the season in. A multitude of ways, but UCLA is just really, really physical and athletic. And it was just really frustrating for Arizona to deal with, especially like Ben Matherin. By the end of the game, he'd just given up. Yeah. Like, he was gassed. Because he, he, he was the only one doing anything for Arizona at the end of the game. Like, and he was just getting hammered by UCLA at the rim. Like they had four, like four guys there. It felt like every time he got there, and he was just getting blocked every time and so uh it's like things like that that's why ucla won just incredible effort incredible physicality they're the best defensive team in the pac-12 uh you tweeted that uh yeah the ucla was the much better team today yeah, let's start with UCLA here. Uh, UCLA's shot making early on. So just to give you a breakdown of how this game happened, early on, this looked like it was going to be like Gonzaga-UCLA part two um, from last uh, from, mm-hmm. from the NCAA tournament last year. Just in terms of like both teams were making shots. I, both teams were sort of getting whatever they wanted offensively, and the defenses were kind of struggling to keep up. Uh, and then UCLA settled, and their defensive pressure turned up by a hundred. Um, mm-hmm. What they were doing defensively, I think that was the most impressive thing. I, UCLA's shot making incredible. They shot fifty-one percent from the floor, forty-seven percent from three. Um, they were getting a ton of great looks. Cody Riley was awesome down low. But like, I want to start with the defense first because I think defensively is where where they dominated and where they pushed around Arizona wherever they wanted, um, and. And really, we're kind of giving Arizona nothing easy. Um, Arizona has is one of the better teams in the Pac-12, one of the best teams in the Pac-12, I think, at um, getting inside the paint and creating opportunities for themselves, usually because that's in transition and they can do that. Uh, first of all, UCLA did a great job of slowing Arizona down. Arizona was not able to get in any sort of rhythm. They never went on any sort of run, you know, where they kind of had that avalanche that we've seen 
uh, from them in pretty much every game this season, including the Illinois and Tennessee games. Just never had that run where you're just like, oh, oh, it's like 10-0 now. It's 10, it's 12-0 run and 15-0 mm-hmm. run. And they're hitting shots. They're getting out in transition. Uh, they're getting steals. They're getting turnovers. And they're creating opportunities. From we didn't say any of that. Um, yeah, they you, cut it to six late. But like... Yeah. Even then, it was like uh... it was eight, and I think it was eight. I don't think they got. Oh yeah, it was eight. It was eight, not six. You're right. Yeah, and defensively, it's just uh, Jaime Jaquez, an incredible. This was uh, this is a big game from him defensively. Offensively, I think he had some moments, particularly in the second half. But defensively, I think um, he was all over the place. Um, he was he was a terror out there. Tiger Campbell was doing like <laughs> David Woods tweeted this, and it's so true. Uh, he he just turns into an awesome defensive player when he's guarding dudes who are like a, t- a foot taller than he is. <laughs> it's insane. He was awesome defensively. David Singleton came in and had some big minutes oh, defensively. Yeah. And, and J- no Jalen Clark for this game. That was a last second thing. Jalen Clark missed this game due to concussion. And, um, and, and David Singleton ch- jumped in and serviceably did a great job. Not just serviceably. Like he's unfairly good for the role he plays for UCLA. Like there is... UCLA's depth is absurd, like <laughs> yeah. to the point where I didn't notice that Jalen Clark wasn't playing until you just said that now, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, Jalen Clark didn't play." You didn't even notice because UCLA was just so good the entire time. Yeah, yeah. What did you think? Uh, there was a few moments here. He got a lot of he got a lot of buzz on Twitter. Peyton Watson. What did you think of him and what he was doing defensively um, in this? He's game? He's so fun to watch. Like just <laughs> the really athleticism is. and the effort. Like. Oh man, and uh, I, I I'm trying to pick a moment, you know, like he had that block on, was it Matherin? Yeah, probably was Matherin because Matherin got blocked a lot. Yeah, but uh, no, no, it wasn't Matherin. It was so there was the play where Tubelis is coming down the floor. It's a two on one. Uh, Tubelis keeps it for himself, misses the layup, and then I think it's uh, Kier. Yeah, uh, I think, he gets I the know. ball. Uh-huh. It's either Kier or Kier. They said it two different it's ways. It's Kier. Yeah. <laughs> Kyra, how uh, you say it? Yeah, yeah. Kyra gets the ball, goes up, and Watson just swats him. Uh, or there was the inbound play where Watson is just like he's too long and too athletic mm-hmm. for Arizona to deal with, and he gets the ball and they get it in transition. He was really, really good, and he's I'm I'm sure he's gonna be a good NBA player because when that shot comes around, and I think it will. He's just going to be impossible to deal with with that athleticism and the size and the effort. Yeah. Defensively, he was a tear. Offensively, <laughs> Offensively he's, he's got some work. Yeah, he's he, got some he, work. He to hit do. a three, didn't he? Uh, did he? I don't remember that at all. I uh, think he did. I remember yeah, someone was saying, wow, Peyton Watson's hitting threes. Arizona's finished. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I, I completely forgot about his three. No, yeah, he did. He went, uh, he only took, he only took three shots this game. Um, I mean, had had uh, three turnovers, had probably like the highest ratio of turnovers relative to the number of possessions he's taken up. Um, he is uh, he's brutal offensively, but like mm-hmm. defensively, he's so goddamn fun to watch. When have we ever said that? Like, it's feel like it's rare for a player with that kind of body and athleticism where you're just sort of like, oh, no, I love watching him defensively and can't stand watching him offensively. No, yeah, with the five stars, it's like usually joy to watch offensively. Yeah. Wish they were not on the floor defensively. Yeah. Whereas it's the opposite with him. Yeah. He's just the best player on the floor defensively, 
the worst player on the floor offensively. Although in a game with Kirk Risa, he was not the worst offensive player on the floor. Yeah, let's uh, let's switch to Arizona real quick, and then we'll come back to UCLA and what they've done offensively in this game um, and defensively. Uh, let's start with Kirk Risa. He was brutal by uh, offensive rating. Actually, not the worst player on the floor per offensive rating. Um, Don't get care. the Kempom back. Yeah, <laughs> he was very clearly. He was very, very clearly the worst player on there. Um, he went over twelve. Uh, oh, finished with zero points, four turnovers. Um, what did you think? What did you think he was going on with him? He just does this thing in like he did it against Tennessee too, and it's why they lost. He just thinks he's Steph Curry sometimes and just starts <laughs> chucking the dumbest fucking threes. I don't understand why he has that green light because he's not a very good shooter. Uh, it was it was brutal. And, like, they weren't set shots either. Like, I don't mind Kirk Risa taking a set three-point shot. Mm-hmm. But he's taking them on the move. And, like, Johnny Juzang doesn't take those shots. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it it was bizarre watching, and we and we said this going into it, like him and Jules Bernard, uh, both players that just like uh, if Kirk Kirk said they kind of need him to be good, um, but sometimes he can have these games where he's chucking it, and you're like, mm-hmm. dude, what are you doing? And Tommy Lloyd has defended and defended him in this game too. After this game, uh, really? went and said, yeah, went and said, you know, I'm not concerned about Kirk Risa. and and maybe he's right, but he he's shooting 34 percent from three all season. Over twelve is nuts. At 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 one point, actually, UCLA student section was chanting MVP at the end of the game at Kirk that, Risa. <laughs> he might have been the MVP for UCLA. Like yeah. I think it's close. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was a brutal game from him. Um, it was a brutal game from a lot of these players. I, I'll throw Ben Matherin in here for a oh, player. Yeah, he who was, was terrible. He was horrific. But you know what? It was uh, there was a couple of times where Arizona did get in transition, and and I can see why now. Ben Matherin puts up the numbers and and looks as good as he does and and this is no fault of his own. I mean he 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 does a great job in the system that he's in. Um, There's a couple of times in this game where he got open looks in transition when they were when they, when Arizona was able to kind of pick up the pace mm-hmm. and you could see UCLA was struggling to figure out where the defensive assignments were supposed to be. Johnny Juzang had a horrific had a horrific defensive yeah. possession there um, where he just had no clue where he was supposed to be and uh, let Ben Matherin have all day to shoot a three. Uh, it's things like that where Ben Matherin can really hurt you because he's good at he's really good at pulling up from three in transition like that um, when they're picking up the pace, and and is a big reason why it just you feel like there's this avalanche coming down from you for Arizona. So and UCLA did a great job of limiting that um, mm-hmm. early on. Uh, people were kind of saying, I, I I don't know I have tunnel vision sometimes in these games, so I trust other people's intuition when it comes to like big big games like this. Um, I kind of felt like the pace was slow, but it was like a Gonzaga UCLA slow where teams were just making shots but people were saying that they were picking up the pace and ben matherin got some looks early on but um yeah kirk risa did not have a game low offensive rating he had a, a but he had a 22 offensive rating that's 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 bad that's horrific yeah actually so um anyway he did he he had a he had a bad game ben matherin had a bad game um what did you think about uh ucla's offense and what did you think about let's go to the other player that we said was going to be like what's going to go on with him what did you think of Jules Bernard? Jules Bernard had a very Jules Bernard game in the good sense. <laughs> yeah, like he was a very yeah. good Jules Bernard game. Like he had that shot uh I don't know when in the game it was, but it was a 3 where it felt like he was spinning, had no business going in. Of course it did go in. 
and that just was a good encapsulation of I think the game as a whole. Uh, UCLA was very good, and Jules Bernard was very good, especially. He went 7 for 11. Uh, only 1 of 4 from 3, which feels wrong. It felt better than that. <laughs> yeah, like, it did. His 1-3 one, <laughs> one, really did feel like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it was some long twos that make me think he made more than that. Mm. But uh, he was good on both ends of the court. Uh, like, defensively, he was great, too. Yeah. And I think games like this, like this game more than any other game this season, because I think this is UCLA's best win, and it's not really close for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm not worried about UCLA in March. Like yeah. This game proved to me UCLA is still that team that went to the Final Four. They're better than that team that went to the Final Four. When, like, they, can, when they decide they want to be elite, they are elite. Yeah. Like they just lock up. They're so hard to play against. So many guys who can who can kill you. Johnny Juzang was great. Although I don't know what his stats were like. He was six of eighteen for fifteen points. So I guess it didn't have not a great, great shooting. statistically, I mean, he, but it's, it, it sort felt, of felt like early on that he was getting like everything he, was huge. he wanted. Yeah. yeah. By the t- by the end, I guess when he was missing shots, the game was mostly over. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, you don't. You didn't notice that with Johnny Juzang. You weren't like, oh boy, Johnny Juzang over here checking shots. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like he was just killing Arizona. Yeah, and he and he was he played a big role in making sure Arizona didn't. You know, Arizona. I guess their offensive surge came early, but UCLA was matching that, and that's the difference between UCLA and every other team that Arizona's played. UCLA has shot makers where if if they need to weather a storm that av- that Arizona's coming down with, if they need to mm-hmm. weather that avalanche. They've got shot makers to do it. Johnny Juzang was carrying offensively and making some tough shots. It was like those very classic Johnny Juzang. Like once he gets the ball, he's 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 not passing that out usually. Um, he's mm-hmm. usually trying to find himself a shot, and uh, and he found himself shots multiple times. Um, but Jules Bernard actually is um, on looking at the Kempom box score. He's the uh, he's the Kempom MVP of this game. Um, had the highest offensive rating of uh, uh, actually second highest offensive rating, tied for second. Miles Johnson had a higher offensive rating, uh, and we'll get to him in a bit. But uh, Jules Bernard, just back to Jules Bernard, it was looked like what he did kind of earlier in the season, where he kind of was pushing in that top five player conversation, mm-hmm. just with the way that he looked um, with kind of playing within himself when he plays within himself he's good he's and and he can he when he makes the right decisions isn't jacking up shots or just needlessly driving and doing something completely reckless um he's he's really really good um and so you know we kind of talked about it before if jules bernard's gonna be playing like that that's that's a, that's scary for Very anyone hard to beat, yeah yeah scary for anyone um what did you think of? Uh, let's go to Miles Johnson. Uh, he got some. He got some big time minutes in this game. Fifteen minutes. Um, obviously, Cody Riley took up more of the space, but Miles Johnson coming off the bench like had some really great moments. Was really disruptive defensively. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, not really giving up anything easy uh, inside the paint, and really UCLA set him up well for success to just kind of keep him down low, and he was wrecking shit defensively. Not a great. Not a great game on the boards. Actually, only had one board, one offensive board, um, and had a couple. Where you're just like, dude, get that ball! <laughs> like he tapped it out at one point. You're just like, dude, what are you doing? But just catch it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but other other than that, defensively had a great game, mm-hmm. and like, he had really the bothering. the and one. Again, That's right. I don't remember when it happened, but it felt huge. Yeah, 
Right. Very impressive bucket. Yeah. Yeah, UCLA had moments like that where they were just sort of responding every time Arizona was, you know, all right, Arizona am going to run here. It's eight points now. It's, it was 12 uh, a second ago. Right? It was like 14. And mm-hmm. UCLA had had responses. Uh, that Miles Johnson and one being one of them. Uh, Jaime Hawkes had a couple of those moments no, as well. He was so good. especially Like defensively, it was just he was everywhere. He was like classic Jaime Hawkes, just incredibly frustrating for Arizona. He was in all the right places at all the right times. Mm-hmm. Like UCLA's rim dominance was, I, I, for, for me, Jaime Hawkes was UCLA's best player uh, in the game. Yeah. Like offensively, he was kind of quiet, only took eight shots, but he was 50%, really percent, which is good, but yeah. like really active defensively. Just defensively. He was, he was just wrecking everything for Arizona. It was very hard for them to do anything when he was on the court. Yeah. I mean, he, he, uh, this was one of the first games where I felt like his length, this season, where I felt like his length was very apparent, um, he was getting mm-hmm. in passing lanes. He was getting, he was pinning. He had a couple of blocks, I think, where he, he just sort of blocks. pinned. He had three blocks, but two of them, I felt like he just, just came out of nowhere to pin. Yeah. yeah, where he pinned, where he absolutely pinned. Um, and he got he got Ben Azure Matherin players. from behind once. Yeah, Tiger Campbell got Ben Matherin from behind too. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> tough game for Ben Matherin when Tiger Campbell's getting you from behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What a what a a game from uh, Jaime Hawkes. Tiger Campbell had a couple of moments. Was was mostly quiet, kind of towards the end mm-hmm. um, or he in was the second good, half. Though. But yeah, he had his he had his moments. Uh, one player we haven't really talked about that I think is the most surprising, maybe the most surprising thing about this game. Cody, Cody Riley, Riley. Cody yeah. Riley owned Christian Coloco here. Sh- In the post, shocking. it was just great moves. And like I felt like Christian Coloco was good today, and I know you disagree, but I, I think Coloco, his rim protection was fantastic against everyone but Cody Riley. <laughs> yeah. But Cody Riley in the post, it was the weirdest thing. It didn't make any sense watching it. It like felt like it <laughs> defied the laws of physics because you see Christian Coloco, this massive man, super long Cody Riley who's not that big and then somehow Riley like that little finds under, a way to yeah. maneuver get around him and get the layup and it felt like it happened so many times and his jumper was on fire yeah like that classic Cody Riley long two yeah it was just it was perfect it was he was so good yeah it was stunning like Cody Riley has come a long way um I think has defensively he wasn't great but yeah. offensively he was so good he had his moments against christian coloco early on i thought christian coloco got the better of him um when when arizona had the ball mm-hmm. but yeah just those three i think he had like i think it was three times where he got the ball down low and and really just like really awesome footwork from cody riley against christian coloco like the way that he was able to just kind of get that drop step and up and under and and what he was doing there to uh to christian coloco with like I don't know. It was a little like, you know, like a dad who's been who's fifty years old got yeah, nothing left in his knees because it wasn't like it wasn't fast. Riley's yeah. smaller than Coloco gets no but lift, but somehow yeah, yeah, and there was no lift at all. He just sort of stretched, and it's like his body elongated as he went up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it really was an old man game. You're right. That really was what it was from uh, from Cody Riley. It was just sort of and like it was great. It was crafty. Uh, it was very <laughs> crafty. Not something I feel like I'd always say about Cody Riley. Um, maybe a little bit in the tournament last year, but like he's crafty uh, and 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 did a really good job. Yeah, uh, he's good. 
uh, what about uh, let's let's we've been gushing over UCLA now. Let's let's talk about Arizona. Uh, we talked about Ben Matherin not having a good game. Kirk Creesa, Christian Gloco was out there. Um, Azulis Tabellis clearly not a hundred percent. I don't think uh, he didn't even start the game. Um, he yeah. only got fifteen minutes off the bench. He actually that- did have a couple of moments, but mostly just not. I don't think he was himself. The missed layup he had in transition with the two-on-one I thought was pretty bad. Like yeah. I thought first he should have passed, but when he didn't pass, he made a good move mm-hmm. and then just missed the easy layup, which was painful. And then it just, like, he looked slow. Like, not not that bad, but, like, I don't think he looked like himself. Mm-hmm. I think the next time they play, he'll be better, assuming he heals up. And considering that he played today, I assume he'll be he'll be better in a week. Yeah. Uh Pellet Larson I thought was good. He finished 4 of 10, but by the end I th- I felt like yeah. The missed shots didn't really matter. At the beginning when the game was important, I thought he was he was good. He helped keep Arizona in it. Especially those two early threes he hit and he had um I think it was a layup that was a backdoor cut. I think Tabellis hit him and he made a reverse layup that was really good, but uh I thought he was good. Dalen Terry is a bad is a bad line. He was 0-5. I didn't think he was terrible. Like I thought he played a decent game. It was just <laughs> it's, I guess bad shooting, like Yeah. Like which is I guess a theme for a lot of Arizona, but at least it was yeah. just bad shooting with him. It wasn't bad everything. And uh Well, there was a couple of times where Dalen Terry kind of caught up the ball and, and it looked like he had a couple of open looks. I'm not sure. I got to go back and look. Well, I probably won't go back and look if I'm being honest. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, there was a couple times where it looked like he had an open shot there and either hesitated or UCLA just did. I, I, from my perspective, I thought kind of UCLA did a really good job of recovering and getting mm-hmm. over to him um, out there. But he really, aside from him not having good shooting and going over five, just didn't have very many opportunities to. Yeah, shoot. I think most of what he was good, where I thought he was good, was defensively. Yeah, defensively, uh, he was good. He was, he was there, and sometimes it didn't matter. UCLA made some contested contested shots, but he did. Like you can't ask much more from him except shoot better. Uh, Omar Balo, defensively was rough. Yeah, uh, really rough. Like he, UCLA got him jumping early so many times. It it hurt to watch, and uh, he <laughs> yeah. can't recover quite as well as Christian Coloco recovers. Offensively, though, I was really impressed. Uh, there were like he only he only scored three times, but each they were of those all times, dunks. I'm pretty sure <laughs> they were all dunks. But like, yes, yeah. took some screening and, and cutting for him to get useful, open down low. You know, yeah. like, like yeah. he was not a, as much. He was not a liability at all offensively. Like he was yeah. helpful, and uh, Kyer was solid. He went three of eight, but uh, I thought he was solid. In fact, I think, damn. What are you? I think two of season. two of Arizona's three best players, I think, were were on the bench. Yeah, who were they? Who they be? What are you talking about? I think Coloco was the best player for Arizona, and the next two for me would be, uh, no, I guess, oh, because Pella Larson started. Never mind. Yeah, Pella Larson started. Yeah, but yeah, Arizona I mean, starters I think, were brutal. Yeah, they were they were brutal, and um, they really couldn't have that considering again we talked about this their depth is not great they don't have Mm -hmm. 
They, I mean, uh, we're saying this, but UCLA only went eight deep this game. Uh, yeah, I noticed that, and that surprised me because it just felt like. I mean, it, you know, I sort of thinking about it, it's like if you if we didn't know Jalen Clark was going to be out, who, who else is who else is there? I mean, I guess uh, you're not going to uh, really be Luba playing. And... Uh, Nuba wasn't going to get much run here. Jake Kyman mm-hmm. wasn't going to get much run here. I don't think. Um, so I mean, it made sense going eight deep. They weren't. They certainly were not going to try to play with bench guys in this game. I think Mick Cronin, it's pretty clear that he knows which games he has to win. <laughs> I think there's games that he's just kind of tinkering and playing with a lot mm-hmm. of lineups. I agree. Um, but he he is keenly aware of the games that he needs to win. And when he needs to go to a short rotation and and really tighten it up and go eight deep, he'll, he'll do it. So um, UCLA also went eight deep and uh it just so happens that those three players coming off the bench for ucla are so much better than the mm-hmm. three players that come off the bench for arizona i mean really it's like a i mean uh kirk Risa, benedict matherin uh, ajulis tabellas christian cloco dalen terry that's your starting five and after that it's like pella larson is your best option there and and i'm not gonna knock the kid but like you don't want pella larson to be mattering that much um mm-hmm. for him to with the way he's played this year it's it's not it's not good enough for your yeah best not player. sustainable going into deep tournament runs uh i think i think it's okay like i think in college basketball when you have a starting lineup as good as arizona's i think you don't need your bench to be that good but also when you play a team like ucla that is that deep you're gonna run into problems against most teams i don't think arizona is gonna run into the, the depth issue quite so much because i don't think most teams can exploit it quite as much as ucla's because ucla is probably one of the five deepest teams in the country yeah but i think you are right in the later rounds against the better teams arizona is gonna struggle when they can't have all five of the starters out on the floor Right, I agree. Um, does this make you change? So let's let's talk big picture now. That this this game that we've been waiting for for a month, six weeks, eight weeks, two months mm-hmm. even. Um, does this make you think? Let's start with Arizona. Does this make you think any differently about Arizona? And does this kind of take the shine shine off of what they've done? Do you feel like maybe they're not a top five team? Maybe they're just a top fifteen team? I it doesn't really change how I feel about Arizona like okay. Sam Bassini said this he said uh Arizona had Kirk Creesa play the worst game of his life Ben Matherin missed like five bunnies Tubelis wasn't healthy and was within eight uh at UCLA within eight minutes with eight minutes left and you know obviously there's more to it from that but they played horrendously and were still capable of making it a game if they hadn't had if they hadn't given up that UCLA run immediately after they got it to eight, you know, I think in a vacuum against teams that aren't UCLA, Arizona is just like, I feel the exact same way as I did. However, I now think UCLA is a really bad matchup for Arizona (laughs) just because they're so physical and Arizona is not. Yeah. That being said, next time they play, I'm going to be betting on Arizona (laughs) because <laughs> I think people are going to overcorrect with uh, how they view this. And Arizona is not going to shoot that badly again. Like, that was horrendous. They shot, I think, 20% below their season average. Let me double check. But uh, they shot 30% in that game. Yeah, that's and horrific. on the season, they are averaging, I think, is that 
40 so 17 percent below what they normally shoot mm-hmm. and I, a lot of that had to do with UCLA playing great defense, but a lot of it was like Ben Matherin, just a zero IQ game from him. <laughs> yeah. His shot selection was so bad. It was like he had no awareness of who was around him. He was taking contested shots instead of driving when there were open lanes. Well, it's it was so unchar- uncharacteristic of him that it did make me think it had to do something with UCLA's defense. I think um, he was just like... And he was flustered. Oh, like, he didn't know what to do. I think that's how most of Arizona was. UCLA just was so in their face that uh, their entire offense just broke. Nobody had think, any idea what they were doing. And I think a big part of that is, again, and we talked about this, like, Arizona as a half-court team? I don't know. <laughs> uh, this, this only kind of confirmed my idea that uh, Arizona playing half-court offense it doesn't look good and it's not great um it's it's a bit like it's it almost feels like if arizona's not playing at tempo they're not they're not good <laughs> um, i i don't know that i agree uh well you know i mean you're talking about the shot selection right it, it did feel like a lot of the times that in the half court offense i think arizona had some stuff that they were running and they were trying to run it pretty quickly even when they were in the half court um, mm-hmm. But I think a lot of that shot selection stuff from Ben Matherin, I think it was a, a function of UCLA being in their faces and not giving things up easy, right? And, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, do you think Ben Matherin is a Johnny Juzang in terms of like, yeah, when he's uh, when when it, when it gets into the half court, it has to be a slow game. Is he going to be able to like find his own shot and create his own shot? Or does a lot of his shots come in rhythm and come well, in transition? Obviously, most of his points, I think, come from, come in transition. However... He is capable of getting his own shot. He's capable of getting to the rim. I think it was just UCLA was so physical with him that he just wasn't thinking straight. Because he was like, he's never taken such dumb shots before. And he's had half-court possessions before. Like against Tennessee, they had to play in the half-court a lot. And he was fantastic in that game. Yeah. Uh, The bigger problem for me is how Kirk plays in the half-court. Yeah, but but we expect that from Kirk Creasa, right? It's I like, don't expect it to be that bad. A yeah, passer as I good as so, he yeah. is, a passer yeah. as good as he is, with a rim runner as good as Christian Coloco is, and a health when Zulus Tabellis is healthy, it shouldn't be this bad for them in the half court. Like they should be able to create much better offense. But Kirk Creasa is just. He makes he has games where he is just so yeah. stupid. <laughs> he takes these <laughs> dumb shots. <laughs> uh, and yeah, you're not wrong. I don't expect he doesn't do that every game, and so I'm hopeful that the next time they play, he is smarter about when he passes and when he shoots. And I don't think Ben Matherin is going to let himself get blocked by from behind multiple times when everybody watching can see it coming from a mile away. Mm. Like I think little things like that will be better, and I think Arizona's going to shoot. Uh, it's going to shoot open shots a little better because they did miss a lot of open shots, even though UCLA defended them really well. Like the open shots Arizona had outside of like the first five minutes, they weren't making. Uh, I don't, and I think that's going to change. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I forgot what I was saying. Yeah, no, I mean, I th- I think. I think that's fair. So you still think Arizona's a top five team? I don't know top five. I don't know if I ever thought they were top five, but I am 
the analytics think, think they're that. a top I still think they're a top 10 team however I am much higher on UCLA than I, than I was before the game yeah talk like about my, them. my opinion on Arizona hasn't changed my opinion mm-hmm. on UCLA is has changed a lot because seeing them lock up just engage like that raise their level against Arizona made me so much more confident that the era the Gonzaga game from earlier this year doesn't define what UCLA is against good teams yeah uh, there were they this what this game did for me uh, I think you're right about Arizona I, I think I might I think I I went from thinking Arizona is this invincible juggernaut I, I, I kind of believed that and I was buying into it to thinking this is a good team but maybe top 10 maybe not as good as the, you know I kind of they look against worse teams um UCLA though I think I, I'm I'm right there with you I think it this made me think like oh no this is this is this is a top this is a national title contending team mm-hmm. this really is um it almost validates <laughs> it like kind of washes away those stinky games where you're just sort of like and where they'll win they'll beat Utah by like four points and beat Colorado and kind of have a horrible yeah, second half and it kind of washed that away because now now it sort of has made visible to me this team sleep they do sleepwalk yeah you um, can tell like they yeah like oh this, oh, they care now. Like, this yeah, is like, them. This is how they look when they're like <laughs> locked in. And this wasn't just the good shooting because they did shoot better than they normally do. But this was in every facet of the game. UCLA was playing well. Like they were running. I mean, their offense is not complicated. You know, there's a lot of ISO ball. But that's that's who UCLA is. That's the players they have. That they're, they're good at that. They weren't making dumb decisions. And they were playing elite defense, and that's yeah. like that that type of defense it, it translates, you know. Like that's the most encouraging part. If they part. care, yeah. if they care, they're going to be one of the better defensive teams in the country. Yeah, that's that's the most encouraging part. UCLA kind of, and you can tell in these other games that aren't Arizona, like against the Utah, against Colorado, you know, against an Oregon State, like they kind of fade in and out of focus. Um, where they're just sort of like, ah, we're going to take about six minutes off here. And, and it just, it shakes my confidence as someone who like uh, hasn't been able to see this UCLA much, but them watching them focus mm-hmm. for almost, of course they took off possessions. It's really hard to pay attention and to be locked in defensively like that, um, to know exactly where you've got to be and to like really just like be in it and immersed in the game. It's really hard to do that for 40 straight minutes. Um, so of course they took a couple of plays off defensively, but like to watch them mostly be locked in for almost 40 minutes, that shit was impressive. That's the kind of thing that's like, yeah, this is what we were hoping for from UCLA. This is why everyone had them as a top two team coming into this season. Um, what do you think is going to happen, uh, next Thursday? Yeah. So UCLA has got to go to Tucson now and play at the McHale center. Um, I don't, I, I think it's going to be, you know, I, I it's, it's now that I've seen UCLA blow out Arizona, which is, which is shocking. I don't think it's a result. We just because of the way that UCLA plays did not think that that was something mm-hmm. that they were capable of. Now it kind of makes that game far more unpredictable. If UCLA had won this game close, it'd be like, you know what? There's a chance that Arizona might blow out UCLA in, in the return game. Oh, um, just because of the way Arizona plays. Like if they're going to win, they're going to win big usually. That's fair. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, they beat Illinois close. 
They did beat Illinois close, yeah. So I, I don't know. It's going to be a tough environment. Um, it's going to depend. I think Jalen Clark will be more important. I'm not sure you can skate by with bad offensive minutes from Peyton Watson the way that they had. If Jalen Clark is healthy, and I'm hearing that he may not be just from some some whispers out there that he's he might be out for a minute, actually. Um if, if he is, I think that that hurts UCLA and Azulis Dubelis, we assume, will be much, much, much healthier by that time. Mm-hmm. Nine days is a lot of time to rest. They really should just not play him. They shouldn't They shouldn't have played him against uh, – they didn't play him against – who did they just play? Cal? Um, they didn't play Cal. him against Cal, yeah, um, and wanted him to go for this game, but he really should get off that ankle because he didn't look 100%. I'm going to say that I think – I mean, I, <laughs> this game has – uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to say UCLA wins that one. Clo- I think that one will be close. I think that will be the classic that we were hoping for in this mm-hmm. game. But now that we've seen that UCLA can be locked in, and I think being on the road might might actually get them locked in even more, Um, I think UCLA might come away with a close win there. But I would not be shocked. Any result would not shock me, including UCLA blowing out Arizona or Arizona blowing out UCLA. I completely agree. I think it. I think it'll be a close UCLA win. Uh, one thing I think that'll help Arizona a lot, even if they play like they did tonight, which is just you know horrible all around in every possible way. I think being at home will help because at the end of this game, I thought Arizona gave up. Uh, like Ben Matherin, especially, just looked done, looked finished. He was over it. I think it with a home crowd. I think yeah. it'll really help Arizona to stay stay locked in. So even if they play badly, I expect to be a little closer, but I don't expect them to play that badly again. And I think the difference in this game is going to be UCLA shot making at the end of the game, unless Arizona blows them out early. But UCLA's defense is so good that I don't think it's going to happen. So I think it'll be like a five-point UCLA win where Jaime Hawkes and Johnny Juzang play like they did in March. Yeah, there's a there's a possibility that UCLA uh, may think a little too highly of itself now. Um, That's also true. That could you know happen. where they're just sort of like, ah, oh, we we beat the shit out of this team. We know we can beat the shit out of this team. Yeah. Uh, UCLA plays well when they're a little disrespected. That's um, true. And, I mean, and they've got something to prove. Final four run, you know. Yeah, that final four run. Um, you know, anytime they got to go up against one of these, I mean, it, really in Mick Cronin's tenure, like. It's it's really like if if the other team is gaudy and looks like UCLA has no shot, that's when UCLA does does its work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see that this. Uh, I'm really this excited. Been, how how uh, did you enjoy this game? I mean, it sounds like you thought I it sucked. Thought it sucked a lot. <laughs> yeah, Arizona, for a neutral, I'm sure it's, it was less. It was less fun. Air, like I came into the game not wanting. Like, I didn't have a preference of who won. I wanted a good game. As the game went on, I started rooting more for Arizona as UCLA pulled away. And so maybe I saw the second half from the lens of an Arizona fan. But it was just disgusting basketball from them. Like, as a UCLA fan, I'm sure that game was like heroin. Like, amazing (laughs) stuff. Uh, Oh, buddy. You have no (laughs) fucking clue. (laughs) But as a non-UCLA fan, I was so frustrated. Like, Kerr Creesa, 
oh my god <laughs> watching him chuck like that was so frustrating yeah yeah um no i mean i i i yeah as a ucla fan it was fucking awesome i mean it was it was awesome because it's like not only did ucla win and blow them out but they did it in that mick cronin way where you're just uh-huh. like oh they're making this shit ugly they're uh-huh. making arizona play ugly and even in arizona's one loss to tennessee or in that close game against illinois arizona never looked ugly never they always mm-hmm. had this sort of they were always fun to watch tennessee is the arizona only other time out, this year where arizona has looked ugly and yeah. they never looked this bad. No, I mean they had stretches during that game though against Tennessee where it was like, oh, okay, they have a stretch here. They're going on a big run. They're competing. But the it's stretch close. was the whole game outside of the first five minutes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, no, I totally get it. But uh, I mean, in this game, I mean, as again, as a UCLA fan, <laughs> just it was, it was. Yeah, you're right. It was cocaine. It was awesome. <laughs> That shit slapped. Um, but yeah, as a neutral, <laughs> we hyped this game up a lot. So maybe people who were watching this were like, oh, this sucks. What the hell? Um, I hope know. the next one will be another top 10 matchup. I, I hope I they hope don't so. drop Arizona out of the top 10 for this. I don't think they will. You can't. I think, number three team loses to number seven. There's no way you drop it. And not the just 10, the number but, seven team, a team that was considered top two coming into the coming into the season that everyone yeah. is aware of. Everyone, it, They're on everyone's radar. Like, I think... Arizona should be top ten. They get here. Here's this. They'll they'll get Arizona State. Um, oh, that's a good get right game right there. That's 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 <laughs> the, the get right game. Against the fighting Bobby Hurleys. That's the get right game to end all get right games. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So they will they will beat the living hell out of Arizona State. Part of it is a rivalry. Part of that is being at home. Part of it is being pissed off about how they lost to UCLA. They're going to mm-hmm. be hungry. So, you know, they're they're going to go and cream the shit out of Arizona State. Um so who do UCLA have next? They get they get Cal at home and they actually mm. host the Bay Area schools Cal and Stanford. I wonder um, if one of those teams catches UCLA sleeping. Wow, you know, Stanford might. Uh yeah. Stanford's <laughs> Stanford been doing has that. Done that. Yeah. Stanford's been doing that. And now it's at home. So, you know, uh Ken Palm gives UCLA a 93% and 90% chance to win those games respectively. Um, Arizona, Arizona has a 98% chance to be Arizona state, um, at home. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll get to do this all again. Um, mm-hmm. and right now, Ken Palm has Arizona as a seven point favorite, which is kind of shocking, shocking given what we yeah. just, given what we just watched. Maybe the analytics haven't quite caught up. Uh, they only give UCLA a 29% chance to win that game. So the analytics, and I am a big fan of numbers and stuff. And I think people who poo-poo analytics are generally dumb in this case yeah watch the games (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah can't tell numbers to watch the games but watch the games anyway uh yeah that was this was this was it was certainly entertaining for me as a ucla fan i'm sorry Mm -hmm. that it didn't if it didn't live up to the height as a as a neutral but uh narratives i feel like the narratives are out there the narratives are are great they are the the tweets are good also Um, good to see the uh Arizona fans who said UCLA was ducking them. Good to see them humbled. <laughs> that was oh, that was one of my favorite things about this. Just like, and and UCLA fans were saying to us like, why would we duck Arizona? We've beaten y'all like five times in a row. Um, <laughs> is what the UCLA fans were saying, and it's like I I don't know. Didn't seem I don't see the reason to be ducking right now. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, one 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 quick game we should talk about 
completely fell off the radar just because this was such a high profile game. Colorado beat Oregon in Eugene. Um, that is, uh, are you just hearing this now? Were you? No, you were no, I remember. I remember yeah. when uh, it ended. I thought the whole game Colorado was going to fraud it away as Colorado does. Mm-hmm. But they won. Jabari Walker, 24 points. Nine for 11 shooting. Yeah. Uh, I did not. I did gotta not be watch honest this. With you, not yeah. watch. Didn't watch a second of it. Um, <laughs> I know we're kind of supposed to be doing that, but uh, yeah. I mean, I, I just looking at the numbers here. Oregon had a horrible offensive game. Yeah, it was fine. It wasn't horrible. Um, but but if I was kind of watching the score in the second half, and it seemed like Colorado took control of this game. About midway through, they had like a seven-point lead and just kind of hung on. Um, they almost, a number of times where they almost blew us. I did tune into the last two minutes of it while UCLA, Arizona's at halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, and Oregon Oregon almost stole this game away a number of times. Colorado did almost choke it away. Um, but they ended up victorious. Uh, looks like Keyshawn Bartholomew had a, Bartholomew had a great game. Uh, 19 points off of five, 19 points off nine shots. Um, wow. Went to the line nine times. That's so anyway, great to see, cause they need, I mean, guard play, I think has been the issue yeah. for them this year. That's right. Uh, if you can keep playing like that and they can get one of the LA schools or, yeah, do, or do Arizona, think, do you think Colorado uh, has a, has a tournament argument right now? Not right now. They've got more work to do. Uh, they've got to beat, if they had beaten UCLA, I think they'd yeah. be a tournament team right now. Yeah. But they didn't. And do they get another shot at one of the top teams? Um let's I'm trying to look at their schedule. Yeah, they get Oregon they get Oregon again. They at get home. Oregon again. They get Arizona later. They do get Arizona, yeah. And no game, no El more LA schools though. Yeah, so and that game is in Colorado. So if they can yeah. beat Arizona and win most of their games for the rest of the year, I don't even think they need to beat Oregon again. But if they can beat Arizona, they might be a bubble team. Well, if Oregon looks good and they stay good and they beat Oregon, uh, or if Colorado beats Oregon, they might not need to win that. They might not need to beat Arizona, and they, you know, kind of mostly sweep the rest of everyone else, which I'm they very well with, could uh, because they've been doing that. I'm worried with Oregon if Colorado beats them that Colorado might just take them both out. Yeah, I don't think that would happen, but. I don't know, just because Colorado, like, they had a good record, but they were so thoroughly unimpressive in the non-con. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Right now, Kempom has them at 77, so up from the 81 that they were before entering. entering. Uh, Oregon drops to 50. They were, what, 49? So they only dropped one spot yeah. there in Ken Palm. UCLA up to 10. Now they were at 13 coming into this game. Uh, did Arizona, Arizona drop? Arizona dropped. I think they dropped. So they're at three now. I think they were two. Were they yeah, they Kempom? were two. Yeah. So, um. Anyway, uh, the Pac-12 keeps being absolutely strange. Um. So I I don't know. I, do you have yeah. anything else to say about either of these games? I mean, I'll be rooting five, for Colorado five the league. rest of the way. I five want a five bid league. league. Yeah, it'd but, be good. Uh, five bid league does a lot of narratives for the Pac-12. We get to do a lot of uh Pac-12 more propaganda teams to in the for tournament. In March. Yeah. 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 But, um, uh, I'm not holding my breath. I'll be happy with four, <laughs> considering for a while I thought we'd only get three. Yeah. So, final question: UCLA team to beat in the Pac-12? Yes or no? Oh, af- absolutely. After yeah. that, how can they not be? Yeah. How can they not? Honestly, be? Yeah. and I feel 
so much better about the potential of another UCLA uh, Gonzaga matchup. I still think Gonzaga would probably win that game, but UCLA did not play like they did today against uh, against Gonzaga. Like no, and no, something sim- was wrong with that team. No, yeah, that's right. There's similar styles, uh, Arizona and Gonzaga. Gonzaga just does it at a higher level, and they've got uh, two of the best players in the country in uh, Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren. But yeah, I I think I think UCLA although they're can pretty stay analogous. They're, they're pretty analogous to Christian Coloco and uh, and Azulis Tabellas. They are. I think they're analogs. just better versions, significantly better versions. Okay. Like Chet Holmgren's a significantly better defender than Coloco, I think. Uh, yeah. And Timmy's a much better, like, I mean, he's National Offensive Player of the not National Player of the Year, you know? Uh, yeah. Okay. So I, and Gonzaga's guards... Maybe they don't have a Ben Matherin, but they also don't have a Kirk Reese who's going to shoot him out of a game, you know? That, yeah, that's right. That's fair. Andrew Nemhart's a lot better, but uh, yeah, I think okay. UCLA can stay with them, and they can definitely win that game if things go their way. Right. right. Okay. All right, well, uh, that'll do it for us. We hope people enjoyed this uh, bonus episode talking about the UCLA-Arizona game. There was so much to unpack there. That was a game that we were all super excited for. We'll look forward to it. Maybe we'll do this again uh, after the UCLA-Arizona game. I don't know. If UCLA blows out Arizona again in nine days, I, I don't know. I might not be up to do this again. But, uh, <laughs> but hell, if uh, if Arizona wins or if Arizona blows them out or UCLA wins close one, maybe it's something exciting. Get on, fired up. But uh, anyway, thank you all for joining us. For Greg at Banana Morris, I'm Carlos at Equity Bruin. Please follow our homies who couldn't make it, Avery at Brave underscore Grapes. And Matt Huberson at Matt N I G B U R and at Niber. Thank you for listening. And remember, there are no truck stops here. Not even one. Rumors still and thick with smoke. So thick it makes you choke. The crowd vibes in, the coffee's kicking, and my patience to everything. Said I'm lonelier than a single sax on a quiet city street.